Are you looking for relief or a boost of energy to help you elevate your day? Call 775-800-WELL to talk to our customer experience experts and learn about our cannabis and CBD products. We offer contactless curbside pickup, free delivery, and storefront shopping so we can get exactly what you need effortlessly and as quickly as possible. Order ahead online at sierrawell.com and pay when you pick up or at time of delivery. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, here we go. The Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Sigenics. Price Atkinson, joined as most always by my colleague Joe Calabrese here, coming to you on the Extra Extra In. This would be episode, Joe, by my count, episode 45, and also by my count, the next to last episode is, I think our plan is, to finish the season off next week as pretty much as things will have come to a close but this one and then next week, and then we will also go on our summer break, a much-needed summer break. Yeah, what do they say, Price? Sun's out, guns out. I think uh, we're going to go out, uh, enjoy some of this nice weather here in the Northeast, uh, and uh, retire those extra, extra ends for the season, and we'll, we'll bring it back in the fall. Look, it's I've had a, this year has been fun. This year has been I, I, I'm not going to go into it now. We'll save that for maybe next week. But it has just, when I looked at it today, in, in my desktop where I've got all the files and I put in episode, the date and episode 45, I'm like, golly, 45 episodes. This is unreal that we've done 45 of these things. And you've been there for certainly over half of them, probably two thirds is, you know, we've had some, uh, you know, guest hosts, Jerry Gertz has popped in. We've had Sean Murray. We've had Jessica Schultz. Who am I leaving out? I know we've had a couple others pop in, but I mean, you've been here for the majority. It has been a big year, but we got a big show coming up because we got a lot we owe you guys, our listeners, because we did not podcast last week. I actually, Joe, I had an ESPN3 lacrosse game here in Greenville that I had to prepare for and I had to cram. Just like midterms, I had to cram and get all my game prep done middle part of last week talking with coaches and getting my boards done. So I, I will go ahead and apologize to you and our listeners for us not getting an episode out. So we'll give you double the fun in this one as we've got Rich Ruinen, Skip and Team Persinger. They're at the Champions Cup. Alex Carlson from Team Sinclair. They're coming off that historic win last week at the Players' Championship. And then also we will bring you Mark Robinson, who will be competing at Arena Nationals in Salt Lake, starting this weekend. So, Joe, a lot to do, a lot to hit on in Episode 45. Yeah, absolutely. We have some historic talk about that uh, Team Sinclair win. You know, Mark Robinson, he's the skip of Team Pittsburgh heading out to Arena Nationals, and he also hit up uh, to the front in Rochester a couple weekends ago. So we'll talk all about that coming up on the Extra Extra End. Yeah, so let's get into Sinclair um, because let's start history in the making, or not in the making, history was made. At the Players' Championship, the most prestigious of the seven slams, and right now, and we will save it here for a little bit, as you'll hear from Alex Carlson and Rich Ruinen, 
Um, Alex, obviously, from Team Sinclair, she'll talk about the win here a little bit coming up at Richie Ruin and skip a Team Persinger. Both teams, two U.S. teams, Sinclair, Persinger, both going to be competing or are competing. Uh, they got underway last night. Uh, at the Humpty Champions Cup in Calgary, that went at Windsport Arena. And basically, to, to compete in the Humpty Champions Cup, you had to win a spiel. You had to win one of the uh, slams. You had to win a Nationals to get in. And obviously, that's why these two teams are playing. But before we get to that, last week, uh, week a little over a week ago, the Players' Championship is considered the crown jewel so to speak the prestige the most prestigious of all the slams is it's the top what 12 teams in the world I mean there is no you know sliding in by doing this or that it is the top 12 ranked teams on tour Sinclair gets in I believe they were 11th they might have been 12th I think they were 11th getting in nonetheless makes history they make the run to the finals Playing in their first ever Grand Slam final, Jamie Sinclair and company, they knock off the reigning world champion, Jennifer Jones, in the final. Yeah, show me the money there, Price. I mean, uh, that team, they, they earned themselves $30,000 for that win, plus a $40,000 $40, yeah. yeah. bonus. Yep. And so $70,000, I don't know if that's Canadian or U.S., but it doesn't really matter. That's a, that's a big chunk of change. And uh, in the process, they, they snapped an incredible win streak by Jennifer Jones, yep. uh, dating all the way back uh, uh, months. And, and it was something like 24 games or 23 games in a row, wasn't it? Yep. It went back to the, I believe it w- went back to the Scotties when I think Chelsea Carey was the last team to beat Jennifer Jones, and that was in round-robin play of the Scotties back in January. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't lose for like three months, and and you know they were they were dominating that that field, and uh, Sinclair uh, gets into the playoffs and and works her way through it, uh, and then really just takes control of that game right from the get go. Um, kind of a surprise, uh, Jones, you know, having the hammer in the first end, um, you, you would expect them to kind of control the action, but it really went the other way, and Jones was. Uh, in trouble and a lot of ends having to make miracle types of shots and she just wasn't able to come through this time. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. I'll, I'll go ahead just real quick, a quick plug. Read Jamie's latest blog, jamiesinclair21.com. That's her website. Go to her latest blog entry. It's really, really good stuff. I'm not going to tease it for you, but she did, I, I, th- I thought, really peeled the layers back, talking about their win at the Champions Cup. That is something I think you want to go check out because she talks about the next four years and some things coming up. But as you mentioned, knocking off Jennifer Jones, I mean, how about this? It They they started without the hammer. Jamie led all skips all week. Uh, I believe she was at 86% for the entire Players' Championship. But more importantly, she was on fire in the final against Jones. Playing without the hammer, they steal one in the second, they steal two in the third, they steal another one in the fourth before uh, Jones gets a pair of singles in five and six, but a big-time triple that slams the door, ends the championship, and Sinclair brings home the Players' Championship. First-ever American team, man Woman doesn't matter. No American-based team has ever won a slam, and Sinclair does it, beating the reigning world champion without hammer, knocking off Jennifer Jones' 27-game win streak. I mean, it 
I, I want to say it was kind of an improbable victory, but I think that Sinclair and those guys came into it arm number one, and I'm not going to go analytics, but they knew how to play uh, play Jennifer because talking with Jerry, they had a plan. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they and like Jamie said afterwards, they used the numbers and were playing a strategy, so they weren't – and Monica talked about it too, Monica Walker, who I talked to uh, afterwards – she said that we weren't focused on playing the faces. We were focused on simply playing the numbers. And that took away some of that, you know, that uh, that intimidation factor that might be there when you look across and see a Jennifer Jones show. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's interesting that they say that. I, I buy it to some degree, but I, if I were looking at the numbers, I'd probably still be a little bit scared going into that game. I mean, this team is just uh, a solid, solid team. They have a history of, big wins and big spots. Um, you know, and while I, I think you can say that, and, and currently there's definitely a game where you're just playing the rocks. There's not a lot you can do about when the other team has, has the rock in their hand. Um, you're always sort of thinking about what could be done. And, you know, when you, you, you can just go on YouTube and, and you can find a highlight reel of Jennifer Jones uh, types of shots that are just, that look like miracles. And um, she does it with such regularity that you have to be on your game. And uh, certainly this team was in that final. Yeah, they were. And just congratulations to Jamie and company. And you'll hear from Alex Carlson here in just a little bit that talks about the win. Uh, I think you're going to want to hear that, uh, what they had to say about getting ready for the Champions Cup and also maybe what next year holds for Team Sinclair. So you'll want to hear from Alex Carlson here in just a little bit. But moving along to other championships ongoing, Joe, the World Mixed Doubles Championship right now going on in Sweden. Look at Team USA sitting 5-0 and right now in Pool A, undefeated. Still have Switzerland to go, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, Sarah Anderson and Corey Dropkin in 5-0. and uh, you know, they, they play a pool system there. So they have seven games, they're five games in. So they're, they're definitely going to make it out of their pool. Um, but they still have uh, a couple games left. Um, and, you know, I would suspect that they'll probably do at least split those games, if not uh, win both of those, uh, position themselves very well for the playoff round. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, right now looking good uh, would take a real catastrophic fail, catastrophic failure for them not to make the playoffs, but just a – how many teams do we have uh, in the world mixed doubles? Do I have this right? Is it uh, – is it Looks like 24. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. No, even more. I'm sorry. 32. I'm so, no, my goodness. That's not even right. I'm keep, I keep scrolling, and there's more teams. <laughs> 40 teams. It's crazy. It's just so many teams. But uh, the game is played so quickly. You can, you can, make, you can make up those uh, times pretty quick. Yeah, that's crazy that you've got that many teams. So good luck to uh, Corey and Sarah. Great start right now as we're coming to you Wednesday morning here on the Extra Extra End, episode 45. All right, just to set the table again, we're going to get out of here right now. we got a lot of things to bring you here as we'll talk with Mark Robinson coming up about the Arena Nationals. He'll be competing in Salt Lake City. That starts next week on May the 1st on Tuesday We'll also talk with Alex Carlson, who I mentioned, from Team Sinclair about their win last week in the Players' Championship and competing this week at the Champions Cup. And also Rich Ruinen from Team Persinger coming off their appearance at the World Championship also at the Champions Cup. So a whole lot to get to and more. Joe and I will be back to wrap it up here on Episode 45. But coming up next, Alex Carlson 
Levi Skip, third, fourteen Sinclair. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra. All right, here we go. The Extra Extra in, bringing on our first guest today. That would be Alex Carlson, Vice Skip, third of Team Sinclair, coming off what was a thrilling and historic win at the Players' Championship, without a doubt, arguably the crown jewel of the entire Grand Slam series. But that would be Team USA and Team Sinclair bringing home the first ever Grand Slam title won by an American team and that was done on Sunday as you guys knocked off Jennifer Jones in the final Alex just give us right now what what did it feel like how awesome was it well thanks for all that lead in there um it was really exciting uh we've played Jennifer I think three times in the last like three weeks um and we we just lost the other two and Mm -hmm. so we, we looked back at some of those games and things that we looked to improve on for our matchup that we had coming um, on Sunday, and we just executed those really well, and it was really fantastic. Um, we felt really in control just based on the way we decided that we're going to play that game, and it turned out definitely in our favor. Yeah, and you guys went right after her. I mean, it was a game where you were going to sit back and let her dictate uh, you know, tempo and, and the way the ends played out. I mean, you guys went out to be aggressive and forced her into some difficult shots. And I, I, I want to say maybe kind of caught her by surprise a little bit. Yeah, but that was a little exciting. We had uh, it, it gets a little nerve-wracking when you're sitting there and she's got this run in that might get her three or four points. Um, she definitely made a couple of those against us in some of our games that we played at Worlds. And so we're looking at it and we're like, man, well, even in these run-ins, and, you know, she makes them sometimes and, um, just luck in our favor uh, this game that we left her some extra tough ones and they didn't turn out quite as well for her. So. Yeah, and you guys, you mentioned playing her because you guys have seen uh, Team Jones quite a bit lately and twice at the World Championships in North Bay. Did you guys feel like you, because you kind of got, I mean, you obviously got a little bit closer. You, you got, uh, I mean, the, the the last one where, you know, it was, um, you guys got behind pretty big and then rallied back into the thing and, and almost had, and had a chance really to win it do you feel like you just had more confidence going in at this time that hey if we just change a few things we played her pretty tough the last few times we can do this yeah I definitely think that each time we've played her we've uh, shown that we can control where we're going in the game Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's when we've played her again here we're like okay so we were really close guys like and each time we play her we get a little bit closer Um, And we definitely did work a little bit more with some of those statistics and looking at that. And it kind of just makes her into, um, it's easier if if we like look at her statistics. I know Jamie had said this to someone earlier. Um, It kind of takes her face away from it. So we're not playing the infamous Jennifer Jones. We're playing a team that shoots, you know, hammer efficiency of 70% or whatever it happens to be that they have. Um, And so we look at how to counter some of those like specific spots instead of like, looking at the fact that we're playing the reigning world champions. Yeah. Like we're playing any other team. They could be anyone out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I know, I think it was Monica maybe mentioned it afterwards or maybe both uh, Monica and Jamie, because 
Y'all's run to the finals, and, and the Players' Championship, as everybody knows or may not know, I mean, it's the top 12 teams in the world. There are no easy outs here. It's the top 12 <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ranked teams on tour. You guys had to play Anna Hasselberg, uh, you know, the Olympic gold medalist in the quarterfinals. You guys knock her off 5-3. to three. Tiran Zoni, you know, in the semis. And then, of course, Team Jones in the final, the reigning world champion. Oh, yeah, you had to get through pool play, too, which you guys did 3-2. and two. There were no easy outs in this tournament for a lot of people who don't really are familiar maybe with the Grand Slams that are listening right now. This was the a gauntlet and a half to try and win, which you guys did. Yes, it very much was. There's none of those teams that you're like, oh, we got an easy game in, in this pool this week. Uh, definitely not the case. So the win you guys have had clearly a I'm not going to call it a roller coaster year maybe some near misses and, and just some heartbreak obviously the Olympic trials we know you guys come up short in the best of three final to Nina uh, in her team for a spot in the Olympics and then you know you go to the World Championship I and mean, it was really a triple play win in Fargo that you got win the Nationals you get to go to World Championships plus you book your ticket to the last two Slams um, but. You get to the World Championships, you come up just short of a bronze medal in that in that uh, bronze medal game. I mean, it's been kind of a season of near misses. This one, I know, probably feels maybe even better than it should, just simply because. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, we were already pretty excited. Um, no U.S. team has made the final of a Grand Slam event before. Yeah. So we're like, okay, that's pretty sweet. Like, awesome, check that one off. But now, like, don't stop there. That's, like... There's no reason to be like, oh, this is better than anyone else has done, so let's let's just take it easy. No, we, we really wanted to push for that whole final and showing that we can uh, make it through entire events and, and get the outcomes we're looking for. So winning 30 Gs in prize money, you got to tell me that the post-game party that you guys had or threw or whatever it was that you guys celebrated, that had to have been one fun night. <laughs> um, we don't do giant celebrations. We like to go for a nice, good steak dinner. Um, that tends to be our favorite reward, something that we don't necessarily, you know, have the budget to do all the time. So when we, when we get those big wins or those big qualifications in some of our earlier events, we're like... I think we earned this one. Time for a steak dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Alex Carlson, the vice skip of Team Sinclair. Follow her on Twitter at ACC or at AC Curl. And, you know, as you guys turn the page, Alex, you get ready for the Champions Cup coming up, uh, you know, next week. You know, it's been a long season. How much more in the tank? And I'm sure winning the Players' Championship put a little bit more gas in there, but how just how much gas is in that tank of Team Sinclair with one more event to go? Well, we are pretty excited for it. Like, it was great to win our nationals and get to go compete in this Champions mm-hmm. Cup. Um, we're definitely excited that Team Persinger is coming along with us, and we'll get to cheer them on with the two U.S. teams there. Um, and I think we've got just enough to get through this one and then we will be greatly enjoying our summer, which is hopefully associated with a hair bit more summer weather up here in the Midwest. (laughs) So what, what is, what is next year? And we still have a little bit left, but what is next year hold for team Sinclair? I know a lot of people have asked, but you know, where does, where does everything stand with you guys? Honestly, we're working on getting through this year still. Uh, our turnaround from nationals to worlds to the players, the champions cup has been uh, pretty tight. And we're really just working on making sure that we finish off this season strong without looking forward too much. 
Um, but you'll definitely be seeing Team Sinclair around. Just can't tell you where because <laughs> we haven't thought that far. Don't tip any hands yet. But, you know, <laughs> a banner year for USA Curling, you know, collectively. This has been – this the needle has moved. Let's just call it that. The needle has certainly moved nationwide. You know, uh, Schuster and those guys winning the gold. Uh, you guys make that run to the medal round. I mean, just a gritty effort to make it to the medal round. You you almost get on the, the podium at the World Championship. Championships in North Bay, and then history last Sunday as you guys win the Players Championship at first ever U.S. team uh, to win a slam. How do you think this year has changed USA Curling? And not, not I'm not talking about you, the USCA. I'm talking about curling from coast to coast here in the United States. Um, I think a lot of people have seen that you know we can compete on the world level, and we're not just out there kind of you know in the bottom ranks of the, all the competitions that we play in. Like we can really hold our own and there's definitely a market for curling in the United States. And I've definitely seen clubs across the country. You know, I follow lots of them on Facebook or, or see their posts on Facebook that they're all, you know, they're extending their curling season because there's so much demand for all the learn to curls in the spring here. Um, just based on everyone seeing how, how cool curling is <laughs> and that uh, if they work hard at something like you can do well. So it's pretty exciting for that level of curling in the United States. All right, it's been a long year, Alex. You guys have been at this thing really in a lot of ways. It's been a a double season because with it being an Olympic year, you really didn't have much time off last summer. So you're going to get it coming up. Where is the Mai Tai drinks, the umbrella drinks, the the toes in the sand that you're so ready for? We don't give us your specific vacation plans because <laughs> you want to get away from all of it. But you know what? The summertime. Where, what are you going to do to decompress this summer and in the coming weeks? Because spring is almost here. Yeah, we're, we're hoping spring's almost here as I'm looking at two feet of snow outside still. Um, my summer vacation plans are definitely just, you know, the nice, easy relaxation. We have a cabin that's a couple hours outside the cities, or my boyfriend's parents live on a lake with a nice little pontoon boat, and we just go cruising around. So definitely some of those just low-key, like, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the calm, not trying to follow curling scores or plan what's going on next, or, you know, I can, like, disconnect for a little while because there's no – there's no one that really needs to get a hold of me with anything super important, so yeah. that'll be nice. Well, Alex, we can't thank you enough for a few minutes here. Appreciate uh, all you guys have done. Just the, the fun it's been to watch you all all season long. I, I know there've been I know there've been tears. I know that there have been laughs. I know there've been a ton of smiles too. It's just been awesome. Uh, just thank you for all the memories and thank you for just uh, some great curling along the way. It has been a blast. My best to your mom. Christine, uh, your main <laughs> squeeze, your sister, your entire family, and certainly the team Sinclair. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's Alex Carlson from Team Sinclair. We'll be right back on the extra. All right, continuing along here at episode 45 of the Extra Extra and Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Isagenics, Joe Calabrese, and Price Atkinson here. And now, special guest for the first time, Mark Robinson from the Pittsburgh Curling Club, ready to take Arena Nationals by storm in Salt Lake City, won it in 2016, runner-up 2017, and looking to go for another one and win it again here in 2018. Mark, welcome in to the Extra Extra End for the first time. Pleasure having you. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Bryce and Joe. It's good to be here. Hey, Mark. Uh, it's good to hear from you again. Uh, saw you a couple weeks ago. We'll talk about that in a minute, but 
Why don't you get us started here? Tell us a little bit about your history with curling. How'd you get started? I know you're not a Pittsburgh native. <laughs> no. Uh, a long, long time ago, it seems now. Um, I was born and raised in Windsor, Ontario, up in Canada. So obviously they got us going a little bit earlier there. And I remember going on a school field trip when I was 11. And that was the first time I stepped on curling ice. Uh, so ways back, uh, moved up closer to Toronto and spent my time um, playing in the junior playdowns, the Pepsi junior playdowns at the time. I think it's now M&M uh, meets, but um, definitely uh, rolled through juniors in Canada. It gets a little tough when you're leaving juniors and your team's splitting up and heading off to college and <laughs> all separating. So I got to play a little bit in college and uh, won the silver medal in the Ontario College Association. So then I took a break for quite some time. Life gets in the way, jobs get in the way, and then uh, moved to Pittsburgh and eventually uh, joined up with the Pittsburgh Curling Club, and I've been there for probably the last 10 years now. So it's probably quite the, uh, the difference between, you know, curling on uh, dedicated ice up in Canada um, in the Toronto, uh, Ontario area, and then, and then jumping to arena ice in Pittsburgh. Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I'll still never forget um, my, my wife was actually at the arena that the curling was at. My, uh, my daughter was in, in figure skating and she came home after I had moved down there and hadn't really spent a lot of time out of the house and said, I saw a guy and he had a table set up that said Pittsburgh Curling Club. And I think I remember you said you did that. So I started telling them you were from Canada. And as soon as they said that, you said, you got to get them down here. So I, I went down and I didn't have any shoes at the time. So I had my step on slider and I'll never forget getting out onto that ice and and getting in the hack, I threw out my first rock and I threw an outturn and it, it faded off into the boards on the side of the ice rink. And I remember getting up and looking back at everybody and said, is this curling? And uh, they all kind of got a kick out of that. But uh, it definitely presents its challenges. And um, but uh, really the whole the whole thing about arena curling that, that I've always loved the most, um, especially since I've gotten back into it, is um, the, the people you meet curling are just one of a kind they're the, the most kind-hearted people you'll ever meet and uh, that's what keeps you coming back and while the ice conditions aren't perfect it's about having fun and and getting a little competitive and and just enjoying a sport um that that's very unique and it's kind of a very small community that we're all a part of so that's what keeps me going on the arena ice so well, 2016 arena champions, 2017 runner-up. I mean, what what do you think the biggest difference is between maybe the arena ice you see in Pittsburgh and the ice that you might see in Salt Lake City next week? So Kevin Madsen and the team that they bring in um, for the arena nationals always does a phenomenal job. So um, most people that haven't curled on arena ice, um, it's it, you, you play similar strategies, but they are they are very different. You have a very wide skill level going on and and sometimes an outturn isn't an outturn sometimes they're showing a lot of negative handles and, and things like that or or up weights because the humidity in the building is picked up and you can't get a rock all the way down the ice so um i think it presents some unique challenges um that you have to you have to learn from them and kind of take with you to arena nationals so that you're you're back on this ice and and it's always been a really good time like i said arena curling um, has this unique group of people that they're not playing on perfect ice. So there's something more to it for them. And they keep really coming back because of the love of the sport. And I love that the USCA has really um, pushed and, and kept the arena nationals going because there are people that want to take those next steps. Um, and it gets them into that more competitive mindset uh, to move forward. So the ice um, back to the ice. Um, it, it's fantastic. It's, it's the equivalent of playing on any, 
um, dedicated ice surface that you'd go to. Um, little green sometimes because they they don't have a lot of time to put it in, but um, it, it definitely does the job and it, it does present for a, a great tournament. So, Mark, I'm curious. Uh, we're talking with Mark Robinson from the Pittsburgh Curling Club, getting ready for the Arena Nationals coming up in Salt Lake City May 1st through the 6th. And one thing I'm curious about is, you know, you guys won it. You won it in 2016, runner-up last year. How is that, uh, you know, I know the Pittsburgh Curling Club been around for a little while, but how has that helped maybe visibility around your area, attract new curlers? I know it's not just you going to Arena Nationals, but that's got to help, uh, you know, show, hey, look, here's what you can do if you come to the Pittsburgh Curling Club and get involved and, you know, play a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And and we've really shown that, and it's not just the Olympic year burst we've seen, but when when you're just talking to people and they ask you, are you just out here every Saturday night? What do you do um, at that competitive level? Because we want to spend as much time on the ice. We talk to people about going around to the different um, dedicated ice facilities yeah. um, and, and experiencing, get more experience on that dedicated ice because we want to keep getting better. Um, and that's really the only way we can advance in practice. So when they hear that there are recognized national championships, um, even for people coming off of arena ice, um, I think it really grabs those people that have kind of more of the competitive mindset and, and, and draws them in that there's onwards and upwards and places to go with it. Um, and, and like I said, you, you couple that with seeing um, John Schuster winning the gold medal. And yeah. I think it, it kind of keeps those dreams alive that they can feel that there is that Olympic gold medal, but there is also something a little closer to home that keeps them coming back. And we've seen a huge influx of people this year because of it. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the local effect in Pittsburgh. I know that uh, Pittsburgh's working towards dedicated ice. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the progress of that project? And, and does that mean this might be your last chance of qualifying for arena nationals? <laughs> it might be. And, and, uh, a little bittersweet because I, I've loved playing in that tournament um, since it started. Um, but yeah, so Pittsburgh is moving forward um, with uh, a dedicated ice plan and we've actually um, purchased land. Um, and right now we're, we're finalizing things with the bank and hopefully we're going to see some ground getting broken here in the next uh, four to six weeks. And we're going to be on our path to dedicated ice, a four sheet club uh, just outside of Pittsburgh. So exciting growth in our in our area pittsburgh's kind of in a unique spot where um, the closest dedicated ice club is probably columbus ohio and that's a good three and a half hour drive away yeah outside of that you've got rochester and philadelphia and and down the, the potomac curling club are all four plus hour drives um so there's really kind of an underserved need um for us to be able to expand curling programs down in western pennsylvania so man joe i heard a rochester name drop there how about that yeah, we were going to talk a little bit about that. So Mark, <laughs> tell us about tell us about your preparation for Arena Nats. Did you do anything special maybe in the last couple of weeks? Uh, maybe something in my backyard. <laughs> so I went to Columbus and. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. So, so we did. We went to Columbus, and and that was getting just some ice time uh, under our belts there, and had kind of a lackluster performance. And the team talked, and we said we need to get, spend more time on ice, and we need a challenge. So. Um, we started looking around for spiels and really came across kind of a unique um, opportunity, and that was curling the gathering uh, at the Rochester Curling Club. And um, 
while a unique spiel, um, like I said, being arena ice and getting ready for nationals, we really just wanted to get our ice or our feet back onto some dedicated ice. So that was the original impetus to to sign up and get up there and play so far beyond any expectations I had. And it was an absolute blast. Yeah, the, the gathering was a lot of fun. It was fun to put together. Um, we'll quickly just talk through the format. They, the teams got to bid on uh, cards that either helped their chance to win or, or hurt their opponent's chance of winning. And uh, Mark's team uh, stampeded their way into the final um, and then ran into a team that had a lot of money left to bid and wound up winning all of the uh, available cards. So you had a, a ton of obstacles in that final. Uh, and overcame them to win curling the gathering the first ever event. Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks so much. That's the way to go to that's yeah. the way to go to Arena Nationals right there, Mark. Is by winning the spiel right there that Joe put together with all that hard work. Um, being uh, mainly an arena ice curler um, really helped us to, to kind of change up our strategies and have to play a few different kinds of shots to to kind of counteract the power up cards that those guys played against us in the final. Um, so definitely an arena curler is, I, I, I seem, I feel like a, a little more flexible on the ice with their strategy because you have to change things so quickly sometimes, but, yeah, you, um, you didn't get hit with one of those power cards where you had to curl in a thong because, uh, reports coming out and Intel I got <laughs> had somebody curling. I don't know if it was man, woman, maybe both, but I had report and I even saw a, a quick photo. It hasn't been authenticated, but there was somebody <laughs> curling on the ice in a thong at some point through the spiel in Rochester last weekend. So the one thing I will confirm is that was not me. <laughs> okay. Um, so it happened, yes. It, it, it did happen, and, and I'm proud to say that uh, the last thing my mom said to me, I talked to her right before I went out on the ice because they drove over to watch some of that, was uh, beat the pants off that team in the final. <laughs> and uh, so, Well, the event was all in good fun. Uh, raised about $4,000 for the Urban League of Rochester, so uh, thank you for participating in that. Uh, and I hope that uh, it – it's a it's a good way for arena teams who are maybe uh, getting ready for that that event. Maybe it's something that we we should be advertising more. Now, come out to Rochester, uh, you know, have some fun, get some time on some dedicated ice, uh, just like Team Robinson did. Uh, so, Mark, really quick, just to kind of to uh, wrap things up here, tell us a little bit about uh, when Arena National starts, what the format is, how many teams you're facing. Uh, you know, when we should expect to see in that, in that finals, seeing uh, that you'll get the extra, extra and bump and everything. On the men's side, there's uh, four pools, 20 teams. Um, so there's a, a large, a large group of men's teams playing it this year. On the women's side, there's 15 teams and three pools. Um, and it starts on Tuesday, May 1st, uh, is the first draw. So we're going to head into that. I think we got, uh, a challenging pool to play in. Um, we're looking forward to it and seeing some old friends uh, as we get back out there, but uh, definitely excited to keep the, the metal streak alive at the arena nationals uh, for Pittsburgh and, and kind of try and make it uh, five years in a row. I think it is if we, if we can get back to the metal round. So. I'm sorry. We're pulling for you. Price. Uh, 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 let's, let's uh, get Mark out of here. He's, he's done his job. He's participated in the extra extra and he'll get that extra bump. Uh, give him a better chance at Arena Nationals. Good luck to you, Mark, as uh, you get ready for Arena Nationals next week in Salt Lake City. I really appreciate it, guys. All right. That's Mark Robinson from the Pittsburgh Curling Club. Wish him and his team all the best. They We will not have to manufacture any kind of extra, extra bump. They, it has now been 
It, the magic is with them as they go to Salt Lake City. May 1st through the 6th, right there in Salt Lake, Pittsburgh Curling Club, along with a lot of other curling clubs from around the country. Good luck to everybody, and good luck to Mark. Mark, thanks for joining us. We'll talk very soon. When we come back right here on the Extract Strand, a whole lot more as we proceed here on Episode 45. All right, the last Grand Slam event of the season ongoing right now up in Calgary, up at Calgary Olympic Park, the Humpty's Champions Cup. The only way you get to get in it is if you win to get in, and that's what Richie Ruin and the the guys did at USA Curling Nationals back in Fargo. They punched their ticket to Worlds, but they also get a little bit of a uh, swan song, Richie, as we're joined by Rich Ruin and the skip of Team Persinger. Pretty awesome chance to finish out the year and get to go play in your first and only slam of the season. Yeah, we're excited. We, uh, you know, we finished strong at Worlds, and we're hoping we carry that on with, you know, five straight wins until losing to Gushu in the in the playoffs, obviously. And he's back in our bracket again, and um, we're we're looking forward to four good games, and then hopefully making the playoffs. So um, last last tournament of the year, so we're excited. The schedule makers did you guys no favors. We're not going to cry into our beers right now. Two eight thirty a.m. games, but more importantly, Pool B. Reed Carruthers, Brad Gushu, Brad Jacobs, you guys, and then Tardy. This is just ridiculously unfair. Tyler Tardy and those guys from British Columbia bringing up the rear. But this is by far the, if you call it a group of death like we call it in soccer in the World Cup, this is it. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, you're talking, uh, what, three of the top six teams in the world, probably in our bracket, arguably, uh, to go to the overall or three of the top seven. So um, we're going to have to earn it if we're going to qualify. So no one can say we didn't have an easy road if we do make it. And we're planning on playing everybody tough. And, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a grind no matter who, who's there. There's 15 really solid teams, but yeah, we definitely we definitely didn't get in a little <laughs> in a, in an easy bracket. I can say that. <laughs> Although I would say I don't think there's any easy brackets there, but uh, we definitely got pretty tough one. Yeah, you know, so yeah. what you'd expect, what you'd expect, and we're all right with it. We'll just uh, go give it our best shot, play well, and uh, hopefully hopefully come out with a few wins. Yep, top eight teams make the quarterfinals in the playoffs. That'll be Saturday, four o'clock local time, six o'clock here in the East Coast, but. You know, it's been a great season for USA Curling and, you know, coming off uh, the World Championship with you guys in Las Vegas, I mean, golly, did we have some just mud of ice on that in that quarterfinal against Canada. Certainly didn't play to our finesse game, uh, left those guys just simply hitting. I know you kind of probably go back and think about but what if, you know, but just an outstanding way to scrap and claw the way you guys did to make the playoffs at at the World Championships. You certainly more than proved to everybody that you belong. Now you go to the Champions Cup, and, you know, with Jamie Sinclair, those guys make history uh, last week at the Players' Championship. This is a pretty, uh, pretty, you know, awesome way. You got a lot of wind at your sails for USA Curling. You guys and Sinclair both representing the U.S. here at the Champions Cup, very last event of the year. Yeah, I mean, great. Uh, congrats to Jamie, by the way, I, I texted those guys and said, you know, that's unbelievable. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think they won 70 grand between the two, yeah. between the, the winning the spiel and, and the, and the GSOC. So, I mean, congrats to them. What an awesome year. Good for them. We're, we're not, we're not in that, uh, that we don't have that chance, but we have a chance to make, uh, to keep the sales going, like you said. And, and, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we, 
we played pretty damn well those last six games at Worlds. And oh, if yeah. we play like that, I think we have a chance to qualify, you know, and even though the ice was pretty tough in that last game, we make that shot in the eighth end, we probably win that game. And, uh, you know, um, um, it, it, it was, uh, it just shows that we can play with anybody in the world when we're playing well. And, and, uh, when we do what we need to do and do the little things. So we're excited to give it another run and, and take this last tournament of the year and maybe have a little fun too. And, um, you know, it, it is, uh, but we, we really want to, we really want to prove we deserve to be there. Yeah. I think we can do that. And while a lot of teams are kind of on fumes and I mean, it's been a long season for everybody. Look, you guys included, this was the quadrennial. Yeah. You guys were, you know, angling to try and make the Olympics just like everybody was, you know, but some of the teams in a little bit different boat than maybe you all like, uh, you know, like a Brad Gushu, like maybe, uh, uh, a Glenn Howard, uh, a Mike McEwen, you know, those guys have been maybe through a little bit more of or of a different grinder, you guys kind of come in with a little bit of a, I don't want to say fresh attitude, but hey, look, this is the first chance to go play the slam this year. We're going to make the most of it while those guys might have the mentality. We're just simply trying to get across the finish line. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I mean, some of these teams have already are already playing on other teams next year and have committed to other teams. Yeah. And then they're coming in and, you know, um, they're, they're coming to this field knowing that this is their last field together. And I'm, yep. yeah, although they'd like to win, I'm sure it just is probably a, a little bit different mentality. Maybe it takes off some of the pressure, but then you got, you know, we already have a tough bracket and I just heard Carruthers picked up Johnny Moe for this weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, that doesn't make it any easier either. Having one of the, you know, adding one of the best curlers in the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but, but, so it is a little bit, it is a little bit different for some of the teams. I mean, our, our team, we just got done playing and some of those teams have been done for a little bit other than playing in the grand slam. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's going to be strange. I think, you know, I mean, I, I'm glad I'm not in that situation, or at least I don't know that I'm in that situation yet. So, you know, some teams are like, oh yeah, I got this. I, you know, I, we're already done by the way. And here's these three new guys that are already calling me and emailing me and we're setting up our schedule for next year, but I got to play with you guys one more this weekend. But, you know, so, but I'm sure, you know, they're all friends and, and, and even, even when the teams that are moving around, I think they all remain friends and that's part of curling, you know, but yeah. it's just, it is a little strange for sure. All right. Uh, you guys have had a chance to get home. What have you guys been up to since you got home from the world championship? Spend an extra couple days in Vegas. I don't know how in the world you want to spend more time there after what a week and a half, but you guys kind of decompress a few more days and you get home. What is team Persinger and you guys been up to? Well, Colin and I have thrown a few rocks, but I, I gotta be honest. I mean, I needed a week off. Yeah. I needed to catch up at work. I didn't throw rocks for a week. I um, caught up at work and, and worked a lot of hours, as you might imagine, yeah. a little bit behind and a lot of weekends working. But uh, we, you know, I threw rocks three times in the last five days and, you know, try to get ready and get back into it. And um, I mean, I continue to work out and do things like that. But, you know, it was more just spending some time with the family, uh, seeing a couple of my son's hockey games, playing some spring hockey and, um, you know, uh, uh, digging out from a snowstorm. <laughs> last week we had uh, about 20 inches of snow that's got to suck coming out of vegas degrees. that sucks oh, yeah. coming out of vegas it was brutal dude i uh it was last uh you know 10 or last weekend um uh 10 days ago we got yeah 20 inches of snow so i spent uh oh. uh probably an hour and a half two days in a row snow blowing because i was helping some neighbors out too uh one of my neighbors out of town were good friends so i just snow blew his driveway and then help another 
guy out that got plowed in by the plows. So it was, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of curling going on. I'll tell you that you couldn't even get anywhere. So we watched a few movies and hung out with the family and, and some friends and, you know, uh, and now we're one last curling venture. And then I, I gotta be honest, I'm ready to take a, take a couple of weeks off. It's been a long season. Like you said, it's been a grind and you know, a lot of the Canadian teams have had more of a grind than us. And of course I, I was sitting for half a year too, watching a lot of games. Yeah. So I haven't played as many, but it's been a mental grind, yeah. you know, um, you know, just the, the, the pressure and the Olympic trials and then, you know, worlds and things like that. And um, I can't, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I want to take about a month off or three weeks off here, at least before I throw a rock again after this weekend and just kind of relax and watch some of my kids softball and baseball games and, and just take it easy. So um, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that too. All right. You kind of alluded to it. I'm kind of curious because I know you guys have been asked, a lot of people have been talking, wondering, but what, what is next season hold for Team Persinger? I'm sure you probably guys don't, you, you don't know yet, but, you know, with all due respect, just got to ask, you know, what, what do you think, what possibly might be the future for you all? Well, I think we all want to play again, you know, but it's, uh, we don't, right now, the HP program is up in the air and you know, I got told four years ago, I was probably too old to be in it. And so <laughs> four years later, um, I, I don't know what my chances are on that. And I don't want to hold anybody back either. So we're going to talk about it a little bit this weekend and see, you know, what everybody's interest is. And we all have busy lives and, you know, um, it, it's always a decision. You got to look in the mirror and talk to your family and say, do I want to do another full four years? And, and really, you know, uh, that's probably the commitment that most team members want, right? Um, you know, that, that you guys got, you're, you're not in it for just next year. Cause it's a, it's basically a quad and you're, you're making a commitment probably for four years. And so, you know, I'm always willing to figure it out and make it work, yeah. but you know, you just never know. We don't know what, we don't even know what's going on with the program, yeah. you know, and so we have, we have no idea if there's more money, less money, if they're going to fund one team, three teams. I mean, we just five teams. We, we don't know. Yeah. So that's um, until we know kind of that info, cause that helps a lot too. Right. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, if, if we decide to do that and we decide to, um, you know, all get accepted, we don't even know if that means you can stay together as a team. Yeah. So, you know um, it's, it's just so up in the air. I'd, I, I don't want to sound like a downer. I, you know, we'd like to play, I think. And, yeah. and, um, but who knows? I mean, if three guys get in and I don't, cause I'm too old, you know, maybe that that's fine. You know, I'm not going to hold anybody back. So my, my goal is to keep everybody happy. And, and, you know, if, if, if it's a chance, if I can do it, I probably will, because that's kind of what I like. <laughs> I like girl. Yeah. And I, I, and I think I can still do it at a pretty high level. And I think I proved that, you know, and oh, obviously absolutely. everyone, everyone on my team can, I mean, Greg, Greg proved he could throw at that level. Uh, you know, especially that last half of the week, he was unbelievable, uh, mm-hmm. and, and awesome. So, and of course, you know, we got one of the best front ends in, in the U S for sure. And probably in the world. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it was a fun year and to have that much success together, it's hard to say you don't want to, you know, maybe at least stick together, you know, um, because it's it's to 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 be able to take fifth in the world and win the national championship is is great and an honor. And yeah. So that doesn't happen very often. You know, it took me ten years <laughs> to win another one. So, so um, but yeah. So we're looking. We're hoping that uh, we figure out a little bit more about what's going on with the program and yeah. and what all of our lives can can hold. Too, yeah. You know. 
All right, wrapping up with Rich Ruinen. You know, a lot's been made about the city of Philadelphia, you know, championship city, you know, hottest sports city in the USA after, after you know, the wins they've had this year. I got I was thinking about it this week, watching, looking for you, actually, front row at the T-Wolves and looking for you sitting right behind the glass at the Wild uh, during the playoff. This has been a pretty epic sports year as you are Mr. Sports when it comes to the Twin Cities. I mean, your Vikings, obviously, everything they did speaks for itself. You had the Super Bowl. You get the Wild in the playoffs. You got the T-Wolves still playing. If only the damn Twins can somehow pull a miracle, and I'm talking that would be a real miracle. Forget Schuster. All due respect to those guys. <laughs> twins make the Major League Baseball playoff. That is the biggest miracle in that whole state this year. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about that price. I think the twin the twins were pretty good last year. You know, they they were. Uh, if they yeah, but they're not good now. Bit. No, no, you're right. You're right. It's probably not going to happen. But but I'll tell you what. I was sitting at the front row of Timberwolves game, and I, I said we were going to win game three, and that was going to be the only game we were going to win. And I was there, and uh, and Adam Thielen was sitting behind me. So uh, in over a couple seats, and I was talking to him a little bit, and I'm I am so pumped for the bikes this year. I mean, I, I this could be the year. So I'm 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 pretty pumped. But yeah, I'd like to see the Twins win. I got some tickets there. I'm going to about probably ten games this year. And um, but you know, it it doesn't it doesn't mean a lot when you get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs like the Wild and and the Wolves. I mean, it was nice to see the Wolves after 14 years, and it was electric in the arena the other night. And um, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping they keep getting better and add another couple pieces. But I I'd like to get out of the first round of the playoffs yeah. too. You know. Well, Richie, so. look, man, it's been fun. It's been a wild ride. I know it's been awesome. You guys have had a blast. I know you're going to go up and and I just you know as much as you guys want to win, just have a great time because obviously getting to play with some of the best teams in the world again to to close it out. Just have a fantastic week. Yeah, we we plan to. And thanks, Price, and thanks for all your help and your support. Couldn't have done it without you two at World. So really appreciate everything you did for us and 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 love the podcast and. Thanks for having me on. Podcast Bump. That's Rich Ruinen. We'll be right back. All right. All right, final segment here, wrapping things up on the Extra Extra In with the 12th Men Sports Network, powered by Sigenix, Bryce Atkinson, joined by my TSN colleague, Joe Calabrese. Joe, we're coming down the home stretch. Kentucky Derby is Next weekend, well, I'll give you some of my derby picks with my Kentucky roots, and we will we'll do that next week. But we are coming down the stretch, coming around the third turn, Joe, as this is our next to last episode. Had a great, uh, some great conversations here. Mark Robinson, Alex Carlson, Rich Ruining, you know, action packed. We owed it to our listeners after last week, but uh, you know, it's almost here. It's uh, a long season. The quadrennial and Olympic year, teams haven't had much of a break. I think everybody's thirsting just to get out in the, you know, spring, summer air. Yeah, and down the stretch we come now, Price, right? You know, we're, we're heading to the end of the season here, and uh, Arena Nationals is uh, coming up next week. And, you know, yep. I think uh, I'm excited because Arena Nationals sort of, uh, it, it marks a, a, a big moment for all those clubs that are sort of just getting going. Um, and you know, Pittsburgh is one of those clubs that uh, is moving towards dedicated ice, and so um, it's exciting to see uh, like Mark get his uh, get another shot at the Arena Championship. It was good talking with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate him joining us. Uh, programming note next week: uh, Evan, Rachel, working, going to work on getting uh, no pun intended. Work on getting them on with us as they will be at the. Uh, 
uh, World Mix uh, Championships. I believe that's next fall. That's one of those carryovers. If I've got my dates right, Joe. Yeah, I think it's October. So we've got a little bit of time. But the good news is that you know they know, we know what team is going to be representing the USA, and uh, they'll have their chance to prepare. Uh, for October. Yep, Christina Lammers, Jordan Brown, but also uh, the working family. So they will hopefully join us next week before we close up shop. Evan, a loyal listener, somebody that uh, gave us some good quality time there in Fargo. Had a lot of fun with him, getting to know him and uh, Rachel. So excited about that. But uh, as we get ready to close up shop, Joe, again, the Champions Cup ongoing right now. The World Mixed Doubles um, ongoing. NFL Draft this weekend. Got some excitement around yeah. the Bills. How about the Bills? What might the Buffalo Bills do? They're going quarterback somewhere. Which way will they go? It's interesting. It, it started as if the Bills might try to move up to two. I heard now that they're instead trying to trade with the Broncos to get up to five. I have a feeling they may stay put and see what kind of winds up in their lap. Um, Everything I keep hearing is uh, uh, Allen um, and uh, Baker Mayfield keep moving up the draft board. That means Sam Darnold is moving down the draft board. I, I, I wonder if that's who the Bills sort of lined up with at the end of the day. We'll see. Well, I'm not Mr. NFL Draft, but I'll say that I, if I'm anybody specifically looking at you, Cleveland, and I'm the Cleveland Browns, take Baker Mayfield. There's nobody that fits that city with that blue-collar, workman-like attitude like a Baker Mayfield. It's not Josh Rosen. It's not Sam Darnold. To me, Baker Mayfield is the guy in Cleveland. I would take him at four. I would take somebody else at one. That's just my amateur advice, Joe. You know, I I kind of agree with you, and I'll tell you what. If I'm looking at any team, Saquon Barkley is the best player on the board, not just not just me being from Penn State. That's, Amen. Uh, no, I that's agree. The truth. Hundred percent truth. And if Cleveland took him and they took any quarterback at four, they'd be better off than, uh, in my mind, than taking a quarterback at one and hoping that they get something good as good as Barkley at four. That I, doesn't make any sense. I agree. I, I do that. And, and I think Ezekiel Elliott. I think what Todd Gurley's done. And sorry, we're going NFL football here, but we've had tendency to do this uh, from time to time. Uh, on the podcast this year, so humorous. I think those running backs who have been around this year or in the last couple of years have brought back some of the glamour to the running back position. That's why I think Saquon Barkley, number one, he's the best running back in the draft. Hell, I think he's the best damn player in the draft, but that's just me. And I th- think you take him at one, one of the quarterbacks is going to be there at four. It's just a matter of which one. You're still going to get two phenomenally good players on offense. Yeah, I, and that's definitely what the Browns need uh, is offense. So we'll see how it turns out. I'm excited to see what happens. It sounds like uh, Schuster and the team are going to be announcing a pick for the Vikings in the third round. So that should be kind of fun. Yes, perfect segue. Exactly where I was going because how about how cool is that? Matt Hamilton says, tweets, I want to make 100% clear. I will not be there. I will have nothing to do with this as he is a Green Bay Packer diehard. But uh, members of Team Schuster will be at St. Paul Curling Club on Saturday to deliver one of the picks for the Minnesota Vikings. I believe they've got a uh, an at-risk group that might be there as well to deliver a six-round pick. I don't know the exact schedule. I know that Schuster and crew, are they're doing a autograph signing uh, somewhere around the Twin Cities on Saturday. But as it relates to the draft, I think that is a freaking awesome move. I think it's an awesome move on, on the part of the NFL to – you know, to bring folks like that into the mix. I think it's a great move. I think it's an awesome move by the Minnesota Vikings. So 
I hope those guys have a ton of fun. I hope they have a lot of fun as they're going to be jetting back after their uh, you know, last few days at the White House uh, in Washington, D.C. They'll meet with the president. They'll do uh, some various things. Schuster at the state dinner uh, last night, uh, I believe, uh, uh, President Macron from uh, France. So just a wild week. The ride continues for those guys. What a ride it's been. Yeah, you know, it's a ride. But hopefully it'll last them a good chunk of their life. They, they deserve it. They uh, they certainly did us proud. Well, so certainly curling is uh, a big beneficiary of what they're doing and what they have done. So we thank them. And I know everybody around the country thanks them. All right, Joe, let's get out of here for episode 45. I'm Price Atkinson. That's Joe Calabrese. Appreciate our guest. Alex Carlson, Rich Ruinen, Mark Robinson. Certainly, if you missed any other previous episodes, if this is your first time and it's episode 45, have no fear. There's plenty more to keep you covered all summer long. Go back and listen to some of our older episodes. You can listen on Blog Talk Radio. You can uh, subscribe on iTunes. Please download, subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review, share. Please rate, review, share on Apple Podcast app. Give us five stars. We will love you. We will kiss you. We will hug you. It doesn't matter. We will love you for it because it helps other people find us on uh, the podcast. Also, without a doubt, um, Stitcher, Google Play, but tesn.us forward slash podcast, your home. Your home for the 12th in Sports Network, the best curling coverage anywhere that streams clubs, nationals, Olympic trials. Nobody, and I'm talking nobody, does it like Joe and B.A., period anywhere on the planet so appreciate everybody joining us here on episode 45 joe it's been fun let you say uh goodbye getting out of here nfl draft coming up this weekend we got the champions cup so much more but we will be back next week joe until then we will see you then sounds good go bill thanks for being with us on this edition of the extra extra in podcast with price atkinson follow price and the 12th in sports network crew on twitter and facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city home to your biggest rival? The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Right now at Kohl's, it's the last-minute gift sale. Take an extra 20% off and save on kitchen must-haves. Get 25% off toys and get 20% off fragrance gift sets. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Still not sure what to get? Our gift cards are always a great idea. Give with all your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. 20% offer valid December 21st through December 24th with promo code RECEIVE20. Offers and coupons do not apply to toys and beauty. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.